Perfection is not attainable, but if we chase perfection, we can catch excellence. This quote from Vince Lombardi radically shifted the way my guest today leads her team. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Secret Sauce Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Swing, and I've got Stephanie Witt from Chick-fil-A First Colony Center in California, Maryland, to talk about her secret sauce of progress toward perfection. From my hundreds of conversations with operators, I believe Stephanie has done one of the best jobs of getting a team to not just tolerate her vision, but make it their own. And she's going to share exactly how she does it. We'll also talk about how delivering life-changing care is a team sport. And the best way to resolve conflict is holding hands. You're not gonna wanna miss any of this. Let's dive in. All right. I am so excited that we've got Stephanie joining us today all the way from California, Maryland, not California and Maryland, but California, Maryland, a city in Maryland. I got the chance to meet you, Stephanie, for the first time at the female operator gathering, which was so much fun. We got randomly seated at the same table for dinner and just got to talking about parenting and leadership and everything else in between. And I knew in that moment that I was like, Stephanie is somebody that has to come onto the podcast just because of specifically how much I laughed in our conversation and then uh, and then got the <laughs> chance to get reconnected. And so welcome to the show, Stephanie. I'm so excited to have you on. Well, thank you, Josh. It's my pleasure. Yeah, it was a fun night. Uh, we actually, even at that night, found out that someone that you work with went to college with my son. It was Yeah, in the moment too. There was like a couple of pictures fired back and forth between your son and uh, and Arden, who's on our our team, and the connections, yeah. the dots were connected, which was really cool to find out. Well, Stephanie, we're gonna hop right into it because I'm really excited to talk about some of the ways that you're leading your team and some of the things that you're thinking about there at First Colony Center. But before we get into anything else, I've got to know if every other sauce on the Chick Fil A menu had to go and one could stay, what's the one sauce that's staying on your menu? This one won't come to any surprise for you based on kind of my personality, but buffalo sauce can't go anywhere. You know, I'm kind of fiery. I'm kind of, yeah. So buffalo sauce has to stay there. I put it on everything. So that's my fave. That's great. I hate it for all the people who don't like spicy things, but Stephanie's spicy. You're just going to have to deal with it. Let's segue over into your secret sauce for leadership, specifically with your team there at First Colony Center. So what does that look like? What do you focus on to add the most value that you can add to the team and the vision that you're laying out for them? So, you know, Josh, I've, I've done this for a long time, 22 years. It's been a growing process for me. The thing that I finally landed on was it was important for me to meet them where they are. It's not important for them to jump on board to where I want them to be. I need to meet them where they are. So over the years, I've had to change things, adapt, simplify, and it's been a growing experience for both of us, both the team and myself, but it's uh, not only challenging, but rewarding. Stephanie, was there a moment in that 22-year journey that you just talked about where that clicked for you? Was there a moment in the process where you're like, man, I've been trying to do this all wrong. I've been trying to get people to where I want them to be instead of meeting them where they're at and helping them grow. What did that look like? So it kind of came in one of our planning sessions. We were talking about 
the vision for the restaurant. And we started going through, you know, here's what we said our vision is. It's to be Southern Maryland's restaurant of choice by serving excellent food in a clean and friendly environment. And okay, so I could say it, but no one else could say it. It didn't mean, it meant something to them, but it really didn't. It was just a lot of words to them. So we really started talking about, okay, if we want to be meaningful as a brand and meaningful as a restaurant, then we need to do something that means something to everyone that's in there. Connection is is such a critical piece of communication. If, if what your communication has no personal connection to the people that you're communicating it with, then the chances of it sticking or resonating at all are probably slim to none. It's it's interesting to hear that you go through that process of trying to communicate this this long drawn out vision statement that just that wasn't sticking. It was something that you could recommunicate, but others others could not. And so I'd love to hear, what has that morphed into over time, Stephanie? So what does the vision look like now? What are you doing to help people really grasp on to a vision that they can move forward with you? We really started talking about it and there was this great pressure on everyone to be perfect. All of the assessments we do, we want a hundred. Everything we did, perfection was what we strived for. And, and it was actually just a lot of pressure. It was a lot of pressure on everyone. And it got to the point where I felt like they were little robots almost. And, and I didn't like that. I didn't want to work in that kind of environment. My husband brought to me a quote from Vince Lombardi that really resonated with me that he said, perfection isn't attainable, but when you chase perfection, you can capture excellence. Mm. So that really resonated with me because I said, you know, I'm expecting them to do something that we're not capable of. I don't feel like any human is capable of being perfect, but yet we're saying be perfect, be perfect. So we totally changed our vision statement and we've branded it all over the store and I'm wearing a t-shirt that says it and we got t-shirts for everyone and it's just very simple and everybody can say it and it means something to them and it's simply progress toward perfection. So when we rolled that out, you know, People were excited about it. It meant something to them. And maybe it means something just a tiny bit different to everyone. It could mean something in their work life, in their personal life. It could mean something just a tiny bit different. But no matter what job you were doing in the restaurant, no matter who you're caring for, no matter what you're doing outside the restaurant, you can say, am I progressing towards perfection? Is what I did, what, what I just did, leading me towards perfection and excellence, um, knowing that you're never going to get completely there. You talked about the personal connection that people have with that vision statement and it not just being store focused. And I know a lot of vision statements out there can be very store focused. It can be about food quality or it can be about guest service what's really important is is you care about people beyond just what they can produce in your store. So having a vision statement that reflects that is also critically important that they can say, Hey, I can progress towards perfection with my family at home. And I can progress towards perfection in my schoolwork and in my community where I get to go and serve. It's applicable in every aspect of their life, not just at the restaurant. And I know that if you help Hit, people hit a home run where it matters most to them, which is typically with their friends and their their closest friends and their family, then they're going to want to show up and, and hit a home run for you in the restaurant every day. It's just the way that it works. And so 
I am on fire about this vision statement. I already offline requested one of these t-shirts. They look really good, Stephanie. So I don't know who designed them, but they're they're, (laughs) they're fantastic. And we talked a little bit about the t-shirts too. And I want to talk about them a little bit more because I think they're more than just a t-shirt. And so I'd love for you even to talk about some of the impact that the t-shirts have had on the team since you've rolled those out here at the beginning of the year. Yeah, so we rolled them out uh, during what we call our 12 days of Christmas. So we do a 12 days of Christmas, the whole two weeks, you know, because we work six days a week. So it's two weeks of work days. We roll out different things like gifts. It can be food. It's just a lot of fun. So the first day was the t-shirt, the 12 days of Christmas, long sleeve t-shirt. And we let them know that for the rest of the time until the new year, they could wear this t-shirt instead of their Chick-fil-A uniform shirt. It was really kind of cool. They loved the t-shirt. The second they got in, they're running to the bathroom to change into these t-shirts. And I'm sure it's just be, you know, as well, because there's don't have to wear their uniform that day. And, you know, they're excited about that. But it sparked conversation even for the customers because the customers were noticing that they were wearing something different. And they're like, progress towards perfection. What does that mean? You know, and whatever. And, and to listen to the team members say, well, you know, I want to make sure that this transaction with you is the best I can do. I want to make sure that, you know, when you get your food, it's the best it can be. And it was just kind of neat to watch them interact and what it, and hear kind of what it meant to them. So cool. You want to get people excited, just disrupt their daily uniforms. It's a great way to do it, but (laughs) But also the the sense of pride in the vision is really cool to see, Stephanie, as you're talking about some of the guests coming into the restaurant asking about, hey, what what does your shirt mean? And I'm imagining some of the guests coming in have probably never heard the concept of of progress towards perfection, of, of what does it look like to improve every single day and to strive to be the best version of yourself, to get 1% better over time. And the opportunity to open people's eyes to that is just such a great way to, to like the corporate purpose of Chick-fil-A says, positively influence all those who who come into contact with Chick-fil-A. And I'm imagining some guests walked away from the restaurant today that, that day with their wheels turning about what does that look like for me to progress towards perfection and to keep working on on being better. So I think that's awesome. I don't know if it's doable for everybody to go print their vision on a t-shirt and let their team members wear it, but really cool concept of something that can get the team really fired up about really taking ownership of that vision and and what it looks like. I'd love to hear Stephanie last thing I'll ask here on the on the progress towards perfection topic is just on a daily basis. What does that typically look like? Is there a mentality that you come into play with when people are in the restaurant every day and they're, you know, working hard on something and they may, you know, mess it up or What does your response look like to some of those things in light of that continual improvement mentality and the progress towards perfection? So I really feel like for my leadership team, it took a little bit of pressure off of them and allowed them to become the coach I want them to be. Instead of almost reprimanding someone for not doing something correct or doing it perfectly, they kind of let them do it and and talk to them about what they could have done differently. I watch them do that with one another a little bit now. So it's catching on. I think watching uh, my leadership grow into it and making it their own, 
but I just really loved the feeling all of a sudden that it felt like I, I allowed them to take that weight off of their shoulder to be perfect. It gives them a time to grow and figure out how exactly do they want to show care to the guest? How do they want to do it? When there's that perfectionist environment that you're working in, a lot of times it can feel like there's a lack of grace. And it just sounds like with the implementation of this new vision, there was just an immediate feeling of grace in work. And it frees up when I'm, I'm a big sports guy. And I know that when people play at their best, they play with, with some freedom when they're under tons of pressure is not typically, it's typically when people make a ton of mistakes, but when they feel like they can play free and have fun is when people are typically at their best. And it sounds like the team's just playing at their best right now. So this was hard for me because I am very type A Mm -hmm. being able to, to let go of things have to be perfect. I can't walk in there and then be like, oh my gosh, everything's got to be perfect. She's here. That's not the environment I want. Yeah, it's it's scary and it requires tons of trust. But I know for a fact that that trust is felt. I mean, I think the fear when you, it's like, give them them an inch, they'll take a mile. It's like, oh no, like what's going to happen? Is the whole restaurant going to fall apart if I don't have this driving force for perfectionism? But it's not the case, obviously, with what's played out there with your team, Stephanie. Okay. Shifting around care means a lot to you. And I know that it's Chick-fil-A's mission right now to be the world's most caring company, but you have, have individually embodied that as a restaurant there in California that it may, it's like easier said than done, right? It may be harder to do that than ever in the world that we live in today with, with delivering care. But I'd like to hear what your approach looks like, Stephanie, and how your team delivers just extreme, extreme high levels of care, even in light of the current world that we live in. So one of the things when we came up with this, we came up with our our new mission, which is show care through teamwork. We really talked about this as a leadership team for a long time. Um, It's easy for my team to remember, which was important to us. Showing care through teamwork was easy to, to teach because it showed them that no matter where you are in the restaurant, you're going to work as a team to show care to that guest. You're going to work as a team to show care to one another. So no longer was this mentality of, well, this is my position today. It's more of how can I help you? So say, for instance, you're you're making drinks and there's no mobile drinks on the screen. They will instinctively go and see, does drive through need ice? Does that they're showing care to one another? They're working as a team. And as well, they got the understanding when we rolled all of it out that, okay, you may take their order. Someone else may bring them their milkshake. Someone else may refresh their beverage. Someone else may clear their table. We're not just caring for that customer as one individual, but it takes the whole team to care for that customer. And showing care through teamwork was huge when we rolled that out to everyone. Yeah. So simple, but so powerful at the same time. My probably natural inclination is to think that like care is something that happens one-on-one. Like as I'm, as I'd be talking to a guest, like I'm the only person that can care for that guest. That's just not the case. Like you said, it's a team, it's a collective effort. And how much more care is that guest going to feel? And is that, is the other team member going to feel if the whole team's caring for them and not just one individual person, it has the potential and the capacity for so much more if that's the approach. 
the team mentality, I think is huge. What you were talking about of like breaking down silos, just because I'm not over there in that area, doesn't mean that I can't go and help out in that area and make sure that that area has ice or has whatever they need to be successful. And I think if we can get the team, everybody on the team thinking like that, it's this positive cycle that keeps on flowing because I experienced that care from somebody else on the team. Now I want to go and, and deliver it and pass it on to the next group. I think it's incredibly inspiring to hear that the team's functioning in that way. Was that difficult to get people to start start thinking like that across departments? Or, or what did that process look like as you introduced that concept to the team, Stephanie? And have you seen that grow over time since you've introduced it? It took the leadership of the store, you know, both the top level and the second tier level to have complete buy-in. Once they got complete buy-in, they were showing it, you know, like anything, if you lead by example, people start to follow. So it took them to start, hey, can I get you anything? Or, hey, are you doing okay over here? How can I help? That type of thing. And then it just definitely caught on. Now, I don't want to say it's expected, but it's just something that happens. You know, where did so-and-so go? Oh, they're getting iced for the drive-through. And I'd say, oh, did you ask them to do that? No. I watched one. Someone was outside on kind of a, a chillier day and someone brought them a hot drink. And I said, did you ask for that hot drink? And they said, no, they just thought I might want it. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, showing care for one another. That's awesome. I mean, it shows that person was thinking about that. Like even just the thought of like, hey, this person's outside. They're probably cold. I'm inside. I'm going to go get them a hot drink because I know that that would, that would really make them feel better. That's next level. It's so next level, Stephanie. Thanks for sharing even that specific story of how the team's thinking and the rollout of that, right? First, it took like, hey, my top level leaders, I'm going to make sure that this is a focus for them. They're thinking about this. And then leading by example down level by level and how that's just infiltrated the entire team is really cool. Okay. You're, I'm a dad of three. You're a mom of three. I'm, I'm a little bit, a, a couple steps behind um, you in the parenting journey. Selfish. This is just a selfish question. I just want to learn a little bit from you. What are some of the leadership concepts that you've learned from parenting three boys and successfully launching all three out? I know we were just talking about earlier that your, your youngest just uh, just got accepted into a couple of different law schools. So walk me through that. How do I get how do I get where you are, Stephanie? Yeah, it was a lot of grace and a lot of God. Let me tell you, I, I definitely can't take credit um, for how those boys turned out. That's for sure. I just tried to be present wherever I was. So I couldn't be everywhere, but I was present wherever I was. And then at that point, one of my boys walked in and I said, ask him, ask him if he thought I was there. And, and his response was, yeah, she was always there, <laughs> you know? So I obviously didn't break them. And I told him if I break them, I would pay for their therapy. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not too proud to pay for their therapy later, but you know, it's funny with boys. I am, I'm just so outnumbered. You know, I've got my husband, I got my three sons. I'm totally outnumbered. So I'm waiting for wonderful wives to come to them someday. So so I'm not so outnumbered. And then I hope to have lots of granddaughters yeah. because I, I deserve that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, with them, one of the methods that I had with them was I would often say to them, God did not put me on this earth to be your referee. And it's something that they totally understood because they were all into sports. 
I am not your referee. So, so we had this little thing that we did and, oh, did they hate it? But it stopped the fighting and the fussing between them because boys like to fuss with each other. Okay, keep it up and you're going to hold hands. That mortified them, you know, so a few times of, okay, you have to hold hands for 15 minutes because you can't get along. (laughs) They just stop, at least in front of me, they just stop. (laughs) So that was very helpful. They're definitely the joys of my life. I went even and got them tattooed on my my arm. Now that Chick-fil-A allows tattoos, I got them each tattooed on my arm with my wedding date underneath. They are the joy of my life. And, uh, you know, I just give all the grace to God. The glory goes to him. He, he did it. (laughs) Not me. I was along for the ride. That's awesome. I love, I love because of how intentional you were with being where your feet are, being fully present in the moments. Now the joy that your sons and, and being a mom brings you is something to aspire to no doubt. And holding hands sounds like an incredible motivator to get along I'm imagining like rewinding the tape and and having to hold hands with my brother for 15 minutes. It doesn't sound ideal. That's for sure. I think I would (laughs) squash any conflict that was happening in the moment if if that was what was on the the line. Stephanie, have you made any team members hold hands is the question for for 15 minutes? I have threatened because, you know, my oldest son is my director of operations and there was some conflict going on and it was just playful conflict. And he turned around and he said, you better stop. Mom's walking in. She's going to make you hold hands. And I said, yeah, I don't think legally I can do that, but I've threatened. It's so funny. (laughs) Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This was incredibly insightful the two main themes of the podcast, that progress towards perfection that you've laid out for the team and then the care through teamwork. How do we show care through teamwork is something that I'm walking away with and thinking about how can I implement that in multiple areas of my life, not just at work. So I'm greatly appreciative of you coming on. Can't wait to see you here in a couple of weeks at Next too. And I'll have your shirt. Yes, I'll, I'll hold you to it. Any closing words and then we'll wrap it up and, and we'll um, we'll walk away for the day. You know, I would just say to anybody out there that life is a challenge no matter what you do, whether you're a restaurant owner or something else, it's a challenge. It's going to be what you make it. Give yourself a break and figure out, you know, let go, let God. Yeah. There's a lot of wisdom right there for everybody that's listening. Thanks a ton, Stephanie. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you listen to this podcast, I think it's safe to say you take your growth seriously and you probably hold yourself and others to a pretty high standard. You may even be a recovering perfectionist like Stephanie. Author Ryan Holiday says, think progress, not perfection. One of the most critical steps that we can take is to give ourselves and others more grace. If we're learning and growing, then we are winning. Leaders. Is your vision statement a bunch of fancy words mashed together, or is it something that people can personally connect with and make their own? A great filter test is, would it look cool on a t-shirt? If you want your team to get fired up about your purpose, they have to be able to connect with it. The simpler, the better. Lastly, be generous. It is contagious. Start a chain reaction by thinking of ways you can serve your team. If we want our guests and clients to feel cared for, it starts with caring for each other. 
I'm extremely honored that you'd listen to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a huge favor, share it with somebody else that you know. I'll see you next time. Stay saucy.